To your personal finance with uh, Dr. Charles Ross. Great to have you back again. Uh, I have a great show for you. And uh, my guest today is going to be Juanita Kraft. She's a retired air, aerospace engineer, entrepreneur, professional network marketer, and a single parent. She's also a gospel singer, songwriter, recording artist, and producer. And thank you so much, uh, Good afternoon, uh, Juanita. How are you today? I'm fine, Dr. Ross. Oh, great Thanks to hear you. Thanks for your show. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, it's good to hear you. Now, do you have the phone uh, in your ear? Because if it's on a speaker, the quality won't be as great. So just make sure you have a, We want to get the best quality that we have can it. have. I do. All right. I have great. it in my ear. Thank you. Well, just tell me something. You know, you have done so much, and, you know, um, I'm just inspired by all the things that you've done. Can you share briefly your journey to what brought you to where you are right now? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a long journey, uh, but, you know, um, I guess it started out when I was young, um, you know, singing and sewing and things like that. I've always wanted to do a lot um a lot of things, and, and then I was also really um, uh, good at math. I um, decided to, um, you know, when I was always, you know, um, like top of my class and everything like that, so I decided to go into engineering. I did that, you know, uh, when I went to college. I was part of a dual degree program uh, with um, AU Center Schools and Georgia Tech, and I graduated from Spelman. Uh, with a degree in physics and uh, Georgia Tech with a degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, from there, um, I went to, I started working for the a federal government um, in, uh, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, that was my first aerospace engineering position. Uh, and, you know, from there, um, I, I, I did a, a brief stay at uh, Delta Airlines and then I uh, continued my uh, federal experience with the Federal Aviation Administration for the last 26 years, and I retired um, just uh, four years ago. Actually, going to be um, this the end of this month. And but in between that, you know, did a lot of other things that I love to do, which is uh, singing and recording. And I did my first CD uh, back in I think it was 2000 five or six yeah something like that and uh and you know so now i still do recording producing songwriting um and um and sewing and 
I've done what? I had a real estate appraisal business for about 12 years. And now, you know, I do, um, I primarily do financial literacy. And, um, and I really enjoy that because I get a chance to share financial information with my community, uh, which is a community that's been overlooked for so many years. And nobody's going to help us unless we help ourselves. So uh, I'm inspired um, when I think of all the, the uh, help I can give to my community and you know where we can go from here and one of the things that was interesting and you've already alluded to it already uh but you have this intellectual side then you have this creative side like a renaissance woman you know <laughs> a lot of times folks <laughs> you got this intellectual side but you also got this creative side which is which is amazing which is great exploring those things that you really enjoy but you have characterized yourself as a serial entrepreneur, and you've alluded to some of that. Now, why? Why weren't you just content? I mean, first of all, being an aerospace—I've never met an aerospace engineer. For all the things I've done in my 62 years, so I'm very impressed and very privileged to know you. But, and, and you know, obviously you have to be good at math. Uh, but you've done so much, and so I'm just trying to figure out. You know, you could have just had a job. I'm sure you had a good paying job, but you were doing all this stuff, these side hustles. So explain <laughs> why you decided why? to kind of do all these uh, other things other than just, hey, I'll just focus on being an aerospace engineer and, you know, this other stuff. Hey, I don't need that. I can enjoy life. So explain your, your journey, why you, you've been a serial entrepreneur. Well, one of the things I realized, <clears throat> well, let me just go back kind of like from the very beginning. My mother uh, was a single parent, and um, you know she had to do a lot of cooking. She, she would cook and sell dinners and all that kind of stuff. I just saw her doing that kind of thing, and you know I guess I kind of like got into my spirit. But uh, once I started working and um, as an engineer, you know while it was decent money, and I'm you know I'm very grateful, you know that uh, I made a, a six-figure income for you know, most of my career, but, um, but I was also a single parent. And what I found was, uh, when I needed extra money for a car repair or my kids wanted to participate in soccer or anything that was, uh, outside of the everyday norm, I mean, somebody had to come up with the money and I could either put it on the charge card, and, uh, or borrow it from somebody or I could figure out a way to make some extra income. And, um, and I just found myself, you know, using using my talents and my gifts or whatever uh way to do it and 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 even in that position when it came time to you know get promoted or get a raise i couldn't just go in my boss and say hey you know what my you know i need a new car can i get a raise or you know my kid needs this can i get a raise it was like you know this is what you make you're a federal employee this is where you are on the, on the pay scale and that's what you make so I couldn't just give myself a raise whenever I wanted to on my job. Neither could I promote myself. I had to depend on somebody else to like me, favor me, or whatever before I could move to another level. And then on top of that, when I looked at my boss, and I looked at my boss's boss, and I boss's boss's boss, I said, really, dude, is that the limit? I saw, you know, where they were on the pay scale, and I thought, is that all I want to accomplish? And I realized that, you know, in order to achieve the things that I wanted to in my life, I'd have to find another resource or another way to, to do it. It's just, 
you know, there was nothing wrong with that vehicle, but I had to realize that that vehicle had limitations, and I didn't want to uh, be limited uh, by the um, the height of what you call the glass ceiling or whatever um, in, in that industry. So I said, well, let me find a way that uh, if I don't succeed, it'll be my fault. It won't be because of somebody else telling me, no, you, you know, we, you know, we don't think you're suitable for that, or we don't think you, you know, you're, you, you know, you are, you have the right leadership skills, or, or you know, we don't think you're smart enough, or whatever. I mean, I just didn't want to have that, so um, I just made it a point of always having a way that um, that uh, to create opportunities for myself that no one else could control, and that that's basically how I live my life. And, you know, it, it's interesting that you relate the story, <clears throat> excuse me, of your of your mother and, and, and witnessing her, uh, you know, being able to create, you know, income for herself and for her family. And that inbred, that kind of, you know, imprinted on you to say that was your model, you know. And so obviously you've got a great education, you know, uh, and, and, and parlayed that to a great six-figure income. But your model was you know, watching your, your mom. And, and that's, that's kind of mirrors my story in the sense that, you know, my dad, had, uh, two dry cleaners. And so I never saw him talking about the man or talking about, you know, trying to move up. And of course I worked in a business, you know, running the cash register. And so even though I went to and got a college education and everything, it still was in my mind that I wanted to work for myself. And it seems like you kind of done the same thing with the model being being your mother and so that that's why it's so important as young people that the model that we see in our life ends up being some of the things that imprint us to move forward in terms of the things that we do so now you focused on 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 financial literacy um why has that become something and and like i said you retired early i'm not going to tell people how old you are but you retired before you turned so you do most people don't have to wait till 65 or 70 to retire and that's great but so why you just kind of ride off into the sunset and say hey listen, i'll take my pension and money and and have a good time travel whatever so why have you become so passionate about financial literacy what is it that that gets you up in the morning gets you going well well first of all you know with all of my degrees and everything that i know and i know a, a lot of different things a broad spectrum of knowledge, one of the things I didn't know was um, how important uh, having a good credit score was. And um, let me just, uh, you know, I, I had made an awful lot of money in a, in a previous company, and, you know, it kind of got me in a situation where uh, I didn't know how to plan adequately for my taxes and things like that, got in a lot of trouble with that. And anyway, long story short, destroyed my credit score. And as a result of that, um, everything I bought, uh, I had to pay the highest interest rates. All my charge cards um, had high interest rates. In fact, I maxed them all out. Um, you know, and even if I wasn't spending the, the, the interest alone, you know, might have been, you know, $80, $90 a month on each card. You know, you end up spending about five, dollars $6,000 a year on interest alone and not paying down any of that debt. And I just found myself in a in a uh, situation where I couldn't move. I was really stuck because of, you know, bad credit. And so uh, when I got involved with this 
company, um, I was a, I learned some things that I just didn't know, which was how to compute your credit score. And so once I learned that, um, you know, 30% of your credit was based on usage, even though I paid my bills on time, um, I, I said, okay, so now what I need to do is get all my charge cards down to 30%. And so I was able to uh, borrow money from my 401k, which a lot of people I understand don't have that that luxury. But I did have that benefit, and I, I used it, and I and I was able to borrow from my 401k at something like three and a half percent. I paid down all my charge cards uh, to below that 30 percent, and saw an immediate. I mean, in less than 30 days, saw my my score jump to you know about 150 points up. At that point. Um, I was able to uh, refinance my car because now, of course, I can I can do some refinancing because everybody was telling you no when you've got a, a, a low credit score. So now people are going to start saying yes. And uh, I was able to refinance my car. had very expensive car. High payment was $1,258 a month. You know, a lot of people, as a matter of fact, my mortgage is that now <laughs> about that. Uh, $1,258 a month I was paying on my car. And I was able to uh, refinance that car, spread out some of the payments, and I got my payments from twelve fifty eight down to two sixty nine. And then wow. I started using some of the other tools. Yes, and freed up nine hundred and eighty nine dollars a month uh, in cash flow. And so that can then use that money to uh, pay down some other bills or just balance my budget, which apparently I wasn't able to do because I was obviously charging out, maxing out all my charge cards. And if I'd have had cash, I probably would have used it. So the bottom line was I saw that even though I was educated and all of that, there was a lot that I didn't know. I started taking a look at my community, and I saw people that were just like me, people who look good. They, they live in nice homes. They drive nice cars, but they, they are maxed out. They're broke. And the only reason why is because they don't know. Nobody comes in our community and educates us on what to do and what not to do. Uh, with our finances, that's why we, you know, we don't we're unable to take advantage of economic opportunities. And then when financial crisis occurs, like they are now, we are the most hard hit because we haven't prepared ourselves, and nobody has taken the time to educate us. So I felt a responsibility to start writing my own zip code. Uh, of, of educating people on how uh, of financial literacy and the, and the tools that they needed um, to become debt free and improve their credit score and just to position themselves so that uh, they aren't the most devastated during these kind of, these times. And, and that's awesome. One of the things that you mentioned in your in sharing was that in 30 days your credit score changed, and because <clears throat> people don't realize that every month. Your credit score is recalculated uh, based on when credit, you know, where uh, credit card companies and other credit reporting agencies report to the credit bureau. And so, yes, yeah, in 30 days, if it changes, if you've done things like pay down your your credit cards to get down to that magical 30% of utilization, that can impact your credit score pretty quickly. You don't have to wait, wait six months. And that's why it's so important that you monitor that. So, when you when you talk about credit and 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 I didn't hear you use the word repair credit, but I'm going to use it because I think that's a vernacular people are familiar with. So can can you repair your credit in the sense of getting things off there, or you're talking about making sure that you 
utilize the metrics that the credit reporting agencies use to make sure that you're taking advantage of all the, I'm going to say loopholes, of things they use to make to uh, to give you a credit score? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, um, there's more to your credit score than just uh, getting rid of negative items, okay? That's, that's really um, what we do with the United Credit. It's a company that I work with, United Credit Education Services. They will prepare letters, and they would dispute anything that's incomplete, erroneous, or obsolete. They would dispute those things. And so if, the, if they're not verifiable, the, the credit reporting agency, this is what they do. They just add stuff. The companies that are members that have a membership, they'll just send some information in. And these credit reporting agencies do not verify anything. They just stick it on your credit report. It's just like spreading gossip, you know what I mean? And they don't mm-hmm. verify. So when you send in a dispute letter and you say that's not true, then they got, now they have to go verify. And so a lot of times they can't do it. Okay, and so like four out of five people have errors on their credit report that a lot of people don't know that. They think that that negative stuff has to say, and sometimes even things that are true, uh, but if they aren't verifiable, they got to go. Okay, and so that's why we use the Fair Credit Reporting Act to get rid of anything that's incomplete, erroneous, or obsolete, but it has to be verifiable. And so... Um, so then after that, you know, you've got your, that's 35% of your score, okay? Getting rid of the negative items. And then, then there's the, the debt, percentage of debt, okay? And that was one of the areas that I was really bad at, uh, keep, it, keep your, your usage, uh, your revolving credit down to like below 30%. And then, then of course, you've got uh, your uh, seasoned credit. A lot of people will... Uh, pay off a credit card, pay it off. And, 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 and if you listen to what I said, I said I, I didn't pay it off, only paid it down to below 30%. But some people take their income tax re- returns or whatever and pay off all their charge cards and then close the account. Oh, my God. And then they like, my score went down. Oh, why did that happen? Well, you just cut off you know, your credit limit. So when you lower your credit limit, then your percentage of usage also goes up and so these are just little bitty things that people don't know and and so and so a lot of people hurt themselves simply because nobody has told them uh what not to do or what to do or what not to do and so that there and then of course you got a variety of credit that that same thing if you shut down all your car cars and of course now your variety of credit uh, has also been uh, reduced, and that also affects your credit score. As a matter of fact, by the time you talk about, you know, variety of credit, which is about 10%, and you talk about season credit and all that, you could be you could be um, affecting your credit by like 30% just from just from closing cards. Wow. So well, um, it's unbelievable. So we're going to take a break, and uh, and during this break, we're going to play one of the songs that uh, that you authored and that you also performed. And uh, give us, a, and on the other side of this song, we're going to talk about some of the things that United Credit Education Services provides, the credit restoration, credit attorney, debt payoff, the monitoring, and all these kinds of stuff. 
But in in introing this song, can you intro this song? It's called God Has a Plan. Can you give us some insight into how you came up with that song and how it's so special to you? Well, you know, um, it, it, the title is God Has a Plan for You. And um, I was um, – I was going through a particularly hard time uh, after a divorce. It was a, it was a ugly, very ugly divorce, very painful. And, and, but, it, but, you know, as I am a very ambitious type person, I was trying all types of things and nothing was seeming to work. And, um, and I, and it was like, it was like I was jumping over hurdles all of the time. And so I was, I was laying on my sofa, and uh, one of the minister came on TV, and he says, "If you're God's one of God's anointed, um, you need to sit up and you need to listen to what I'm about to say." So I said, "I'm anointed. Let me sit up and hear this." And so uh, he says, "If you know," he said, "God said to His anointed, He said, I will open up the gate and make the crooked places straight." And that resonates with me. I said, "Oh wow, wow, wow!" So all this just rough stuff that I'm doing, all the challenges that I'm having, when I'm doing what it is that he wants me to do, he's going to open up the gate to make the crooked places straight. So when I wrote that song, uh, that's what I had in mind. You know, God has a plan for you to do what he wants you to do. He'll open up the gate to make the crooked places straight. So um, that, that song is the very first song that I ever wrote, and it, it has a, holds a special place in my heart because of that. But because it also uh, has so much uh, relevance in my life, and I think it will, it, it, it has a, a profound meaning to a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, I love the song, and I hope everybody else loves it too. God has a plan, and sung and written by Juanita Kraft. Take a listen.
I, I, I had a flashback to my uh, uh, radio disc jockey days from being in there. Did you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was. A, I started out my career in radio as a as a top forty disc jockey in Athens, Georgia, when I was attending the University of Georgia. And oh my, I had a flashback. Wow. So I had to kind of, yeah, that's that's a whole other story though. But uh, that is a great song. I really, really like that song. How long has it been? When did you release that? Uh, it was 2006 when I released that song, wow. and, um, you know, it was just something that I did. It wasn't even a, something that I had aspired to do, um, but, you know, I took a songwriting class, you know, um, because I, I had I had, decided, uh, had claimed to, uh, to do a ministry, and a uh, music ministry, and inside of that ministry, I wanted to be able to write my own songs, because as you know, you start singing other people's songs, so you got to pay them royalties and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, look, listen, I, I want to sing that song, but I, I, I can't afford to pay somebody every time I open my mouth, so I need to write my own songs. And uh, from that, um, I was introduced to Babby Mason. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she is a yeah. gospel recording artist and songwriter. And so she was teaching a song in uh, a class in songwriting, and I took her course uh, at uh, it was an Atlantic Christian College, but now it's Point University. And I took her songwriting class, and that's it. From you know, well, you know, <laughs> you, 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 give you give me inspiration. I, I know we were talking offline earlier that I've always had the desire to learn how to play the piano and the guitar. <laughs> I never thought about songwriting, but definitely just be able to play. It's something that I always wanted to do, so you give me inspiration to do that. Now, I see here where you've performed on, on seven international gospel tours, uh, so you've, you've, you've been out there doing stuff, so that's, uh, that's, that's exciting to hear. But like I said, we didn't come here to talk about your songwriting and singing. We came here to talk about the opportunity that you're providing through your company called Crafting Literacy that you started last year. Now, you had success in, in network marketing. Explain for people who don't understand what network marketing is. Just explain what that is. Well, really, what it's about is finding people who don't want to do all of the work. Okay, let's say that. Because with network marketing, if you find just a few people to do a little bit, uh, you get a chance to make money off of all of their efforts. Okay, and Jay Paul Getty, uh, who was the first documented billionaire, he he says I'd rather make one uh, percent uh, of a hundred people's effort than a hundred percent of my own. So what happened? Um, and and I, and I honestly I, I I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. I've been trying to do, I was trying to build a team and trying to be successful in network marketing for years before I ever had success. And, and that's just because I just maybe never put the time in, never did what I was supposed to do. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, what you have to do is just share what it is that you're doing. And the people who want what you want uh, will, will, will join you, okay? And so, uh, for instance, uh, my last company, we did body paper. And, uh, you know, our compensation plan said go out and find 12 people. I went out and found 12 people. And then they went out and found 12 people. And then they went out and found 12 people. Uh, and the next thing you know, I had a team of 40,000 people. Wow. And my income was like over $50,000 a month. And I was like, wow, all I did was did what I was supposed to do. And, and I, was, I didn't consider myself selling because what 
I was sharing with them was something that they wanted, you know. And so I was, I, I didn't feel like I was selling. Oh, some people say, oh, you're a great salesperson, but I feel like I, I don't feel like I'm a great salesperson. I think I'm a good sharer, and, I, and I'll tell people what it is that I'm doing. And just by doing that, I was able to quadruple my engineering salary in one year. Wow. And so a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't like this. I don't like selling. I don't like selling. And I'm like, guys, I don't like selling either. I don't like, you know, trying to convince somebody to do something that they don't want to do. But if I've got something that people need and people want, and even if they, you know, even if they don't know that they need it or maybe I feel like they don't want it or well, don't want to spend their money on it or whatever, especially with the financial literacy, I feel it's my obligation to share the information with my community. And just by doing that, if, if I shared it with, you know, 100 people and say 20 people said, 30 people said, hey, I need that, then I get a chance to either sign them up for my services or it could be a person that, you know, I want to make some extra money doing this. And when I do that, then they actually do the same thing I do as I shared with people. So that multiplies uh, my group or my team and then everything that they do, I get a chance to make some type of residual income override on their work. So here we are with that J. Paul Getty. Uh, example, making a percentage of other people's efforts. And some people say, oh, you know, you're taking advantage of people. You know what? I worked for 36 years uh, as an engineer, and I trained people, and I helped people, and I did all kind of stuff. And, you know, guess what? I did never, I never got a raise for it. You know, I never, uh, and there's always some type of uh here, you know, like uh, your manager, your supervisor, that's always the structure where the person on top of you makes more money. In this particular situation, it's fair because the more you, you know, the more you do, the bigger your team, you know, the more money you're going to make. And so, I mean, my efforts are rewarded more so than they were in my corporate job because there, no matter how hard I work, uh, it didn't matter. I was going to get paid the same thing. Well, no. one of the things I'm, I'm going to I'm going to dis- I'm going to beg to dis- disagree with you on a point that you made about not being a good salesperson. And the thing that you have, and I I am a salesperson. I've been in sales for a number of years with my own company, having to sell my radio show to radio stations and all that. And 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 before that, in investment banking, you know, I was involved in that. But the one thing that you have that that in order to be good at sales is that you have passion. You have passion for your product, your service that you're representing, and that's contagious. And so people buy into that. I'm listening to you, and I can feel the passion coming out of your out of out of your mouth and, and just your uh, uh, desire to want to help people. And people are attracted to that. So you've got this organization called United Credit Education Services. How were you introduced to this company? How did you find this company? Well. Um I didn't find it, actually. Somebody introduced it to me. My cousin, who at the time was living with me, um, she was going through some financial hard, hardships, and so she had to move in with my family until she got on her feet. And so she found it before me. Her credit score was like a four-something, and uh, she, uh, she found the company uh, because she needed to get her credit straight so that she could move out and get an apartment. 
And mm. so she got involved. And so uh, as her credit store started improving, and uh, actually I started seeing her checks come in the mail, I'm like, Gee, I don't see her doing nothing. What? How she get these checks? <laughs> so I said, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I'm going to go ahead and sign up. I, at the time, I didn't even really know how it was going to fit into, you know, what I was already doing because I was already a busy person. Yeah, and a lot of irons in the fire and everything like that. And actually, I just had to really figure out how I was going to incorporate it, how I was going to do it in a way that was fulfilling to me. And that's why, even though I've been in the company for a while, I didn't create uh, Crafting Literacy until last year because I created it as a community project. And so, but incorporating um, the, the tools uh, of United Credit and FES as a way for people to come in and make some extra money and uh but yeah i it, it excites me to improve my community and be a community leader and organizer and uh, that's what i'm doing with that so united credit education services you have uh, a bunch of different things that are under this umbrella and um let's go and kind of you know share on a couple of them credit restoration what is that that's part of the services that you now, now it, is this a membership thing where you have to have a monthly membership is that the way this works um, yes as a matter of fact it is but let me share something with you too and I talked about crafting literacy being started in 2019 but United Credit was established in 2004 it is a nonprofit. okay so mm-hmm. this is not a brand United Credit is not a brand new company with no track record it has a huge track record it's helped thousands and hundreds of thousands of people to uh, to get improved credit. So um, they put together this protection plan membership, and it has like 12 different services all under one umbrella. And so in order to be a member of it, and, and you, as a member, you're going to be paying – you know, $89 a month for this membership, and there's no contract, so you don't have to stay on it forever and ever and ever. Um, but the credit restoration aspect of it, they will prepare um, letters where they dispute um, all of the things, negative items on your uh, your credit, so that anything that might be incomplete, erroneous, or obsolete, um, they, uh, they're going to dispute it. And if the, company, if the credit bureau can't verify it, guess what? They have to update it to pay that read or delete it off your credit report. And so once those negative things uh, are are removed, that's going to affect or improve your score. So uh, that's how that works. Works. And um, so most of the people uh, join it, join United Credit, or become members uh, just for this one service. Uh, but we, as I said, there's uh, 12 different services as a part of it, and all of them, in my opinion, are very, very important. Simply because these are these are services that somebody with uh, somebody of wealth, uh, with with money, would would hire a uh, a wealth manager, or they would go in and let me let me hire a wealth consultant and pay them thousands of dollars to tell me what to do with my money. This service, this this uh, protection plan covers pretty much every aspect of financial literacy, including budgeting, how to create a budget and setting that up. That is huge right there. Even um, debt payoff, you got a debt payoff tool, which 
you know, you could uh, elsewhere to pay $50 a month just for that one thing. Then you got credit monitoring. Uh, everybody knows that you can get a credit monitoring from, you know, Equifax and uh, Experian, all these different companies individually, but you'd be paying, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks uh, by this, this service by itself. And then the uh, it also has the wheel trust power of attorney, which right now everybody's running trying to get a wheel because they don't know what this pandemic is going to do. And, and so they want to make sure that they're covered. Um, but we have that also as part of our protection plan. We have a uh, identity monitoring. Uh, so if you anybody stole your identity lately uh, or, or even even if even a couple of years ago things are showing up on your credit that's supposed to be there and then um this network tool um that basically we're always looking at who who has money and what their network is and we don't ever look at what is our network so we we'll help you with that but then this other service is called credit builder this right here is huge something because the credit builder is going to tell you what to do uh to improve your credit score not just the things that are negative, but the other things that you need to do, um, the information that's going to give you, that's going to teach you what to do so that you won't get in this situation again, because most people end up paying somebody to repair their credit about three times in their lifetime. Uh, when they buy a house, um, they got to get their credit straight. Anytime you're getting ready to buy a house, a car, uh, you got to get your credit straight. And even if you don't have a house and you're just moving into an apartment, you still got to have good credit. I mean, it's like, so people end up paying, paying money over and over again to get their credit restored. When once you learn, when you study the information that, that's given in this credit builder, you uh, basically are educating yourself so that you don't get in the same situation again. So this this uh, uh, protection plan, I think it's in valuable things that I've learned. I mean, um, man, I wish I'd known 30 years ago. And so do you have to, and you said it was $89 a month is the, is what it costs. And that's for yes, all these different services. Is that for all these services? All of them are under the same umbrella. Now, there is a, a $99 uh, fee to start um, in addition to that 89, but after that, you only pay the $89 a month and um, and you know what's great about it is that you have an opportunity to even get your services for free because if you refer uh, five people um, to get their credit restored or to be members your $89 can go away and you can do that like in a day you know if you know five people right now that that could, um, need to get their credit improved and actually it's a lot of people out there last month our company had its largest month in history in 16 years of business we had our largest month so people are flocking to us to do things that they may have put off last year you know people that i talked to last year say you know i i'm not right now you know i don't want to spend that kind of money right now uh but yes you know and people say oh that's too expensive but you know if you're like myself saw that line of people at Greenbrier Mall just a couple of weeks ago buying those brand new Nikes you know for over $150 but yet, but then when it comes down to something that they can use for life and a skill set or knowledge that they can use forever and ever um, you know they think it's too expensive. I, I look at it. This is this is a way of um, building, you know, protecting yourself. This is this is really a form of self love, really, 
um, this is important. This this is this is a skill that you're going to be able to teach to your children, and then they'll te- they'll they'll teach their children. And also, regardless of how much money you make, if you don't know these things right here, I guarantee you, you're going to lose it. And uh, that's what I learned. <laughs> that's what I learned. So, this is, like I said, I wish I'd known this information 30 years ago, even 40 years ago. And this is something that now my children know. And uh, of course, you know, I don't have any grandchildren yet, but they will know this. This is something that we're going to be talking about, and they're going to be learning as children. And by the way, I just want to mention we have a youth financial literacy program. It's not the and, and we go into the schools and we do teach youth financial literacy in the classroom and we pay pay schools to actually um, let allow us to come in um, That's and awesome. uh, share awesome. our program with the youth. And I want to take a break and play one more of your songs. On the other side of the break, I want to talk about the budgeting and the financial lockbox and the network and savings goals components of this protection plan. But give us an intro into this song, I Love Myself. What was the motivation behind writing that song? Well, you know, as I said, I'm a single parent, and everything um, that I've done over the last 26 years has been about, you know, providing and being uh, the best mom that I could be, you know, and everything is for the kids, and, you know, sometimes uh, neglecting the things that make me happy, um, like even the the songwriting, which is a, a something, a passion of mine, or singing, which is a passion of mine, sewing uh, is a passion of mine, that's something that I love to do, um, but sometimes it's even about how what you put in your body, uh, it's about uh, taking the time to take a break when you need it, it's just really about loving yourself, um, not not about not loving other people, and it's certainly not about not loving God, but, you know, the Bible says love thy neighbor as thyself, and just can't love anybody if you don't love yourself first. It's, it's you know, that's just a rule of thumb. You just can't do it. And so um, I think that that when you uh, learn to love yourself, you will have a better better idea of how to love other people. And then also you can, you can actually tell other people how to love best, and they're going to watch. People always watch how you treat yourself. If you treat yourself well, they'll treat you well. But if, they, if you treat yourself poorly, if you don't, uh, you don't honor the things, you know, your wishes or whatever, then you don't look after yourself, people will treat you the exact same way you treat yourself. So, um, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to drag this thing out, but there's a, there was a whole story uh, about, uh, about uh, I, I did this, this kind of a scan that this, this instrument that scans your whole system and uh, tells you everything that's going on in your body, including your heart. And, and when it read my heart, it said, You have a need for more love. And mm. I was like, I'm not even in a relationship right now, so how do I get more love? And then the idea said, I got to love myself. And so uh, that, that's where the idea came from. And so uh, I said, well, how do I do? I start reading and listening, all kind of stuff, and and then uh, I read a book. Uh, I read a book that that said, yeah, just just repeat yourself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I said, okay, so it's like an affirmation. And so, um, you know, it's like planting a seed. You plant it in your subconscious, and 
all of a sudden you start doing things, doing more things that uh, that show self-love. And so that's where the song came from. And, um, you know, it's like uh, you've got to tell yourself the, the things that you want to hear. You've got to plant that seed and it will grow. And, uh, you know, if you keep, keep saying it, keep doing it, start doing things, the next thing you know, you're like, really? You know what? I feel good about me. And uh, that's it, really. <laughs> awesome. Here's so, I Love uh, Myself uh, from uh, Juanita Craft.
left, and uh, she's joining us by phone. You're listening to Your Personal Finance with Dr. Charles Ross. We just have a couple of minutes left and wanted uh, wanted to give an overview on, uh, you already shared that it's if you want to take advantage of the protection plan, it's $89 a month. And can you share what would be the bit if you wanted to do that, how they could get in touch, but also um, the business opportunity, if you want to be in business for yourself, can you share some details or some a summary of how that works? Well, uh, actually, all you have to do is uh, go to um, craftingliteracy.com uh, for the services. You, there you can sign up directly or you can email me, call me or whatever directly from that site. In addition, um, if you're interested in the business, um, you can also go to Win with Juanita, and that's a J J U A N I T A. Um, and from there, um, you you know, short video, whatever. You can still email me, uh, call me, text me from those sites. And uh, that you know, turnkey. It's not like you gotta um, go get a state registration or anything like that, and take do 40 or 80 hours of continuing ed or. Uh, you know, none of that stuff. It's turnkey, so you can start today and get a paycheck. You know, next Thursday. So uh, I'm excited about that. But again, it's uh, craftingliteracy.com or winwithjuanita.com. And uh, you know, it, it 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 can be extremely lucrative if you are the type of person that's open-minded, coachable, and um, you know, just want to in in a series about doing some work. Um, and I'm not saying hard, hard work. I'm just saying just willing to, to uh, allow somebody to tell you, to, to teach you something different than what you're accustomed to. And um, it really can be life-changing. And it's also a lot of personal development. So what's, what's the potential for someone in, in, in this type of network marketing situation what's the potential i mean you mentioned you know that you're you know uh, you had a relative staying with you getting checks what is what is the potential i mean do you have to set a certain number of hours to work it or you know or set a income goal um you know i'm assuming if someone pays 89 dollars a month that um you know how does that work how, how does that part of it work just in in briefly so people can you know, get excited and be so. Oh, wow! You know, you can do that by just uh, you know selling um, a protection plan because all these services are obviously things that people need. Right, right, right. Well, um, you know, every time you personally um, sign somebody up with a protection plan, you you can make uh, you know up to a hundred dollars. But then there's a residual component, which is twelve dollars a month. And um, if you have a team of people doing uh, that same thing, you can also make some residual money off of what they do. Then we have another way to pay, another way, which is one of the most lucrative ways of income is something called a customer acquisition bonus. And based on your rank in the company, uh, you can make uh, bonuses from from $100, uh, actually $160, all the way up to $560. And, and, and that can get very, very huge. In fact, uh, and I don't, we know, we don't really like to make income claims. But what I will say is that we do have a uh, a bonus program that, um, you know, that allow you to make. Oh gosh, it's it's just crazy. I would, I would actually, I would just rather people inbox me and let me send you to a present one of our live presentations because um, 
we do have people making well over in a month's time what many professionals, even people like attorneys and CEOs of companies and so forth, make more in a month uh, than some people make in an entire year. I mean, um, I mean, there have been times when I've made more in a in a month than that it took me three or four years to make, you know, as an aerospace engineer. So I just wanted you to know that, you know, when I'm looking at, you know, some of these CEOs, like CEO of Coca-Cola, last I looked, and that's been a few years, was making about $15 million a year. And I thought, what makes this guy so great? And why is he so smart? Uh, why, you know, why do they pay him so much? And I just don't believe that anybody that smart, but I see other people that, don't even, you know, don't even have those types of connections, didn't go to Harvard, uh, don't have a Harvard MBA and stuff like that, that are making more money than a person uh, who, who who's a CEO of a, of a large corporation like a Coca-Cola and exceeding their income. So I'm just saying that I'm not getting, that's no guaranteed income, but I will say that the sky is the absolute limit. Whatever you want to make, um, if you do what it takes to beat this particular company, because um, the compensation plan is extremely lucrative, this particular company is already paying many people um, salaries that you would never, <laughs> you would not imagine. Uh, and maybe many people don't believe. That's really why I don't want to even say, because people won't believe that they'll like you lying, uh, but I'm not. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that we share, I was, we were, I was sharing offline earlier today when we were talking is that, you know, during this pandemic, you know, you've had a lot of chance to probably think about your life, think about, you know, where your life is going, whether it's a career or whether you're self-employed or whatever the case may be. But if you don't come out of this pandemic with a new skill, some more knowledge or a side hustle, it's not that you don't have enough time because now you have time is that you lack the discipline. And so this is a great opportunity to say, listen, if this is something, let me explore this opportunity, this quote side hustle opportunity that could turn into a full-time uh, uh, gig and uh, create a different path for myself. If you've been challenged with, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how I'm going to make money to do X, Y, Z, put my kids through college, buy a new house, buy a new car, travel more, or or, be, or bless other people that, that have been important in your life, then obviously, you know, this is something to, you know, give some thought to. Well, Juanita, thank you so much for being on your personal finance. Can you give that information out so people can get in touch with you if they want to pursue this opportunity again? Absolutely, and I thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Ross, for inviting me. My site is Crafting Literacy, that's C-R-A-F-T-I-N-G, CraftingLiteracy.com, or you can simply type in Win with Juanita, and that's J-U-A-N-I-T-A, and you can reach me either way. Set up a time uh, for, uh, you know, one-on-one private private consultation and we can go from there you know either you want to you know get your credit right or um get you you know take advantage of the opportunity or both you can do both and um or just tell somebody else tell a friend because even though you may not need the help or you might know all of this stuff already um there may be somebody that you know that you care about that really needs uh an option 
And so I just encourage you to be a friend, be a good friend and share this information with someone that um, may be in a different situation than you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Juanita. You've been listening to Your Personal Finance with Dr. Charles Ross, and I've been talking with Juanita Kraft. She's the founder of Crafting Literacy. So enjoy the rest of your day, and we're going to kind of lead out with some Barry White, Rhapsody in White.